0: Good evening. good evening. It is good to have the, uh, the number back out with us for our evening half of our worship service. And tonight, I want us to recap something that we've covered in the past, but it's been a little bit since we covered it. As we open up this evening to John chapter 15, we spoke this morning briefly since it being Mother's Day. We honored our mothers, and we continue to honor those mothers today. But this this lesson is not a. A Mother's Day exhortation. This is a Jesus Christ exhortation. So we think about Christ and the love that He had for you and I. We need to show our love for Him in like manner. When we think about Christ, He showed His love as He gave His life for our sins upon that cross. No greater love than has, than someone has this than laid one's life down for His friends, right? So Jesus Christ shows an exemplary. Amount of love for us now my question to us is how much do we love christ we think about the love that we have for christ and of course he gives us the the description and the example how we are to live and we're going to read that tonight right off the bat but i want you to think about yourself and the type of life that you live and your faithfulness to god and ask yourself do i really love christ Because if you wants to go out there into the world and ask someone do you love Christ? Well of course I love Christ. I love Jesus. Do you really and honestly love him? Because in the absence of faithfulness, you can't actually say, I love it. Well you can say it, but and be true to yourself, you can't do it. The scriptures also tell us that you deceive yourself in doing so. So we read in John chapter 15. We're going to start in the ninth verse. Of course, this is right after the the parable of the true vine. Jesus says this. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Take notice of that verse 11. We're going to circle back to that. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay one's life down for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you now that that verse right there in verse 14 John chapter 15 we need to take that to heart do you consider yourself a friend of Christ we need to ask ourselves that question as we go on through this lesson no longer do I call you servants for a servant does not know what his master is doing but I've called you friends for all things that I have heard from my father I have made known to you You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should remain, and whatever you ask the Father in my name he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. That's twice he tells us in that same thought for us to love one another. We think about the love that the Father had for us. I'm going back to john 3 16 to give him that part of himself for us and that option that we have of john 3 17 to know that it's an option to lose your soul it's an option to be saved as well because the word might is there for god did not send his in his son into the world to condemn the world but that through Him, that being Jesus Christ, might be saved. In our absence of our love, when I say our, I mean people in general. Because as children of God, we we can look at the world and can see the sins just running rampant. We can see the workings of Satan. When we love the Father, we're going to stay away from such things as people. And as His children are going to Encourage those who are involving themselves in sin to pull away from it. Hence the word fruit in verse 16. Christ tells us to bear fruit, that our fruit might remain. You do not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain; that whatever you ask in the Father in in my name, He may give you. Our fruits, fruits of our labor. Again, right after the parable of the true vine, Christ is kind of continue that on that thought of per, providing fruit into the world. You might say, "Well, what are you talking about, Jeremy? What are you talking about? Providing fruit? I mean, your works. Going back to the Great Commission." In Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, whenever he tells his disciples to go into the world, creating disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And he says this, And lo, I am with you always, <clears throat> excuse me, even to the ends of the age. Amen. I'm faithful. he's with us. I'm thankful he abides in our heart. As we abide in his love, he abides in us. So we look back at verse 10. Whenever we see him giving the things that God uh, gave him to distribute in verse 15, he said, the things that I heard from my father, I made known to you. In verse 10, he abides in his father's love by keeping his father's commandments. God's commandment was to his son was to create the church, show them the way, give them the instructions, and be that sacrifice for the remission of their sins. That was God's instructions to the son. And all this started right after sin revived. Right after sin was made known, the author of it being Satan, that serpent in the garden, deceiving old Adam and Eve, partaking of that fruit of the knowledge of the tree, a tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they partook of it. God told them, don't. And it did it. And that was a disobedient. It was sin, that disobedient act, and God had to cast them out. And then God instituted his plan of salvation. So said, no serpent's going to bruise the heel of the sea of man. That was Jesus Christ. But Jesus Christ was going to bruise the head of the old serpent, that being the devil. That being said, the devil is going to lose. When it comes to Judgment Day, the devil is going to lose. Again, do you love Christ? If you love Christ, you abide in his word, you're keeping his commandments, you abide in his love, just as he kept his Father's commandments and abide in his love. Do we grasp the gravity of that? If Christ is abiding in us, God is abiding in us. We can say that we love Christ all day long. We show our love by the way that we live. The things that we say. The way that we treat one another. For Christ, he said it twice. This commandment I gave to you that you should love one another as I have loved you. And again, in verse 17, you love one another. That's Christ's command to his disciple. Excuse me, his command to his disciples. That's you and I today. So when we think about the love of the Father. Handed down to the Son, and the Son showing the, father, the love for the Father, do we show that love for Jesus Christ as He became that spot-free lamb sacrifice that we're going to read about in Revelation here in just a few minutes. Alright, so with that thought of John 15 about loving and abiding in Christ's love, keeping His commandments, turn with me to Luke chapter 12, in verse 37 and this is gonna move us next to the to this very next verse consider this a stepping stone if you will And of course this is from the parable of the wise and or excuse me the faithful faithful and the evil servant verse 37 of Luke chapter 12 says this blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching? Assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself and and have them sit down to eat, and will come and serve them. That's Christ's representation of the keys of the kingdom being handed over to the father. Blessed are those servants, folks. You and I are servants. We're servants of God. We're servants of righteousness if we're abiding in Christ's love, keep keeping his commandments. Blessed are those servants whom when the master comes finds watching. What that says is, when, when Christ comes for his second time, and he finds you faithful, you will be blessed. Now I know that word blessed has been handed around and just tossed around to and fro. But as people, we don't grasp the gravity of blessed. When you think about eternally blessed, again, whenever uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, I believe it's verse 15. It's right there in our Bible class. Let me just scan over there real quick. Yes, 15. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift, or the King James Version, unmentionable. That gift is available to us. If when he comes, he finds us watching, abiding in his love, doing the things God would have us to do. Now that means to be staying away from sin, right? being faithful to the best of our ability, showing up when we're we're supposed to, abiding in his love. Because Christ tells us to do this, We should do this. Remember Satan? Remember old Lucifer? Before his name got changed? Lucifer is an angel. He was in heaven. He was there when Christ created him. Well, excuse me. Christ was there when Lucifer was created. What happened? Lucifer is now considered as the devil. Lucifer is now considered as the the adversary of God. He's been described as a dragon. He's been described as a serpent. What happened? He could not be under the control of God. He wanted to be equal to God. Folks today are doing that. I can get myself into heaven. That's what they think. I can do this and I can do that and I'll be fine on judgment day. Or better yet, there is no judgment day. Once you're dead, you're dead. Our Creator says otherwise. Our instruction manual says otherwise. Our instruction manual, that being God's word, says that there is a resting place or an eternal punishment place. And if you hadn't found it yet, it's in Revelation. More explicitly, chapter 21. Just read the single one chapter. It reveals to us that there's a resting place, a place of peace and beautifulness, everlasting light, brighter than you can fathom, unmeasurable, unmentionable, unspeakable. And that other place where Satan, false prophets, and all those folks who want to be equal to God and not under God. Those who try to run away from God and not to be under the control of God. When I say that under, the, under the control of God, being obedient to His Word. His children is under His control through His Word. Period. So we think about being under God's control, abiding in His love, being ready, watching for Him, yearning for His return, that being Christ's return again that's our stepping stone for this next verse well wrong one keep going a little further all the way back to Revelation I did say read verse chapter 21 did I not? we're gonna back up just a little bit in 20 we're gonna read in verse 10 like I made mention this just a few seconds ago about that eternal place that's nothing but pain and suffering I want you to listen to this if you have yet to consider to be a child of God, yet to consider to be blessed on Judgment Day, yet to be standing watching, waiting for Christ's return, yearning for it, not to want to run away. Because this is going to be a great instance. It's going to be a great noise. There's going to be some miraculous, wonderful thing happen when Christ comes back. But unfortunately, the masses the number is astounding who are going to be in this one place revelation chapter 20 verse 10 the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever so we see this lake of fire which burns with fire and brimstone being tormented day and not forever and ever. That's never ending, right? That's a sideways ache. It's a continual torment. It's a continual. Remember, oh, uh, Lazarus and the rich man. Remember that rich man was just in that hate and world, that temporal place of pain and suffering, where he just wanted Lazarus to come over and dip his finger in the cool water to tip the end of his tongue, and that would have gave him so much relief. That sounds horrible, folks. That sounds horrible so here we see the devil the adversary of God the institutor of death the orchestrator of a lie the deceiver the serpent the dragon and all those names bail all the names that Satan has that's where he's gonna be why he used to be an angel he used to be created of God because of his mindset he could not be under the control of the father so he was cast out the rebellion there happened and he was cast out along with many other angels so we see the outcome of the devil the false prophet the beast so you might say well it makes no mention of people there no it don't not there so we move on to verse 15 well actually let's back up a uh, good place to start verse 11 I've got time then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it and from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. The books were open, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which are written in the books. Now those books is God's instructions. And what does it say? Uh... And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which are written in the books so again keeping Christ's commands is that important oh most assuredly it's important because if you are not found according or measured up with these books listen to this what's coming the sea gave up the dead who were in it and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them and they were judged each one according to his works, the things that they do. Verse 14. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. There's no need for a death. There's no need for a Hades. And we're going to think outside the box at the end of this thought. So if there's no longer a need for death in Hades, how do you say that? Because our fleshly presence is gone. This world is gone. Nothing exists anymore if you're in pain and suffering or life eternal all right so verse 15 so again with it being said that the dead were judged according to their works by the things which are written in these books and anyone not found written in the book of life keep in mind the book of life is open was cast into the lake of fire uh oh oh that's that's people that that's people that's all those who are unfaithful to God. that's all those who are not loving Christ today being found dead in their sins at this instance on judgment day just according to their works and their works don't measure up to God's instruction to the lake of fire they go that sounds horrible does it not the hearts of men when they were wicked continually, what happened? The first time, God destroyed every air-breathing creature with water, and changed the face of this earth. Also, how hard does that hit home, right? See what our sins and our iniquities does. But on this day, everything's going to be gone. Everything. So therefore, we think about this lake of fire. Nobody wants to be there. No one wants, Nobody wants to be condemned with a, actually oddly saying, well, where do you see yourself spending eternity? turning? Well, they're going to say heaven. Really? Do you love God today? Well, of course I love God. Do you keep his commandments? Well, there you go. Well, not the thing you dig and you drink water if That's not what I'm talking about that little side note, that cliff note, that left avenue that everybody wants to take to use their own judgment to get them to heaven. That ain't going to happen. Or or I know, you're right, Mark. You encourage someone to say, well, you need to to come to church. You need to get faithful. You need to understand what God would have you to do. I know. No, you don't know. Read right here where we are. Revelation 10. What's S is almost there. Daniel and S is just a habit. (laughs) Listen to what what John is writing. He says, those who are unfaithful is the same outcome as the adversary of God. Why? Why Why would I be cast there? Because Satan is your father if you're not keeping the commandments of God. Did that sink home? If we're not keeping the commandments of Christ... If we're not abiding in his love, we're against him, and we're with Satan. Same outcome. Lake of fire. But on the positive end of that, on the positive end of that, we have a wonderful promise from God. It's not all gloom and doom, doom, as one person used to say all the time. It's not all dreary. For mankind, there is an option. There is a choice of everlasting life. And it's and a spoken spoken of in the first part of Revelation chapter 21 now I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away also there was no more sea then I John saw the holy city new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband and I heard a loud voice from heaven saying Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no sorrow. Nor crying, there shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Don't that sound better than a lake of fire? This holy city, this beautiful place that has been set aside by God Himself, like a bride adorned for her husband. I won't never forget. I won't never forget whenever Melissa walked through the doors of this auditorium. We just fixing to get married. I thought to myself, I am a lucky person to have this young lady walking down the aisle to take me as her husband. That's what I was thinking in the back of my mind. And I look back, you know, pictures, of, and I remember, and I'm, I'm refreshed in that thought. That's not to say I don't, I don't lose it every now and then, right? Think about that as an eternity. Seeing heaven for the first time with your own spiritual eyes. And think to yourself, what a wonderful blessing it it is to have that from God. Because he could do like he did in the flood. He has that opportunity. That's what he said he was not going to do. He said he's going to reclaim those who are his. Those who are his people. Those who they are his or he is their God. Those whom they are serving him, not Satan not the world. Because we are not of the world. We have to be in this world, but we are not of this world. As children of God, we have given up the world. We have cast off the works of the world. We no longer walk in darkness. We now walk in light. Because we are now children of light as his children. That is his promise. Let that be an encouragement unto us in the days to come. To know that He is promised is faithful and true. Right there in Revelation. I know Revelation is a difficult book. I know this. But it says it black and white right there. It gives past, present, and future. My question, yet again, going back to John 15 verse 9 and following, do you love Jesus Christ? By your actions, either say yes or no. I didn't ask you to say vocally I urge you to show by your actions by your works because that's what we're going to be judged of does it not tell us there in Revelation chapter 20 verse 12 it certainly does those instructions that God has given us that's what we're going to be judged of whether or not we're faithful to those things or not so we continue on reading in verse 5 of Revelation 21 then he who sat on the throne said behold I make all things new and he said to me "Write for these words are true and faithful and he said to me it is done I am the Alpha and the Omega the beginning and the end i will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts he who overcomes shall inherit all things and i will be his god and he shall be my son we cover verse eight often i'm going to stop at seven because verse eight refers to that lake of fire which is the second death we also learn of that second death as well over there when death and hades is cast into the lake of fire But notice what it also says in verse 7 he who overcomes shall inherit all things and will be and I will be his God and he shall be my son whoa wait a minute what what did that say that son is also lowercase that is (laughs) y'all about that for country boy lingo (laughs) that's us as people that's his children That's how he sees you if you overcome sin. If you overcome the hurdles in life that distracts you from God. When you overcome such things, you shall inherit all things. This new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem, the new city. All the things that John was made known, these things that, that Jesus was revealing unto him. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Remember, over here in uh, Romans chapter 8. Turn there real quick, Romans chapter 8. So we we consider ourselves brothers and sisters, right? We consider ourselves brothers and sisters in Christ. So So we think about on Judgment Day being Christ's, so to speak, brothers and sisters. If God is our Father, would Jesus Christ not be our brother? Would he not be? If you're faithful, listen to this. Uh, verse 16. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our Spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. If we overcome, Today, if we overcome the world, we shall inherit all things. If we suffer in Christ's name, if we suffer as a Christian, we are blessed. If the Lord comes back, finds us watching, we shall be blessed. In doing so, when we're watching, keep Christ's commands. Keep his commands. In doing so, you're abiding in his love. Isn't that warm? Isn't that inviting? To know that even as fallible human beings, we don't deserve heaven, but yet still it's given to us as a gift. If, and only if, we're faithful. Let that sink deep. Let that sink deep into your hearts as you remember what type of person you were yesterday. What type of person were you the day before? An unrepented sin will condemn you. An unrepented sin will land you on that day being on the other side of those books. Your name will not be in the book of life. You hear about restoration. You hear about God restoring you when you repent, right? You hear about him making you whole again as you become regrafted back into that tree, that natural olive tree. You remember that parable? Now couple that with repentance. Recouple that, recouple that with Restoration. Because once your name is blotted out of the book of life, it can be wrote back in. That's the idea of regrafting back in. Repentance. Turning away from that sin that got you out of there in the first place. Well, first off, we need to back up a whole lot. How do I get my name in the book of life? Baptism. Because if you're wearing sin, your name ain't in there. You need to get that washing powders in your soul (laughs) you need to access the blood of Christ because that is the only thing that can get sin out of a soul only thing but unfortunately many of us have took many steps breathed many breaths and had many opportunities to sin since our baptism does it not say In romans chapter 8 verse 1 does it not say this therefore there is no condemnation to those who are in christ jesus who do not walk according to this world but according to the spirit does it not say that it says that so we think about walking in the spirit after baptism now that's what, pleasing, that's what is pleasing to God. If you're walking in the Spirit, you're going to abide in Christ's love. You're going to keep His commandments. You're going to yearn for heaven. You're going to continue to seek and wait for the coming Master and yearn for it because you know it's going to be far better than that other place that's designed for those who are unfaithful, those who are lost, those who spit in the eye of Jesus unto this day. We need to look within ourselves and ask ourselves, do I love Jesus Christ? If you find yourself asking, answering that question, oh, I really don't now. Now that I realize I'm not keeping His commandments. And that's, that's all of them, by the way. He doesn't say a few of them, does He? He says, my commandments. That's all of them. If I find myself not keeping all of His commandments, I really don't love Christ. We need to get that corrected. We need to turn away from that type of lifestyle of just going by the wayside and following Christ's commands. So if you need to turn away from that instance and repent and be restored, do so now before it's ever too late. Because did it not say, and the dead were judged according to their works? Did it not say that? It did say that. We're all going to pass from this earth. We're all going to do it. Hebrews 9, 27 assures us that it's appointed for men to die once and after this the judgment. So we take notice of the type of person we are. We have an opportunity to repent right now because we are still alive. You're hearing this lesson, you're still alive. Get right in the eyes of God, whether it be baptism or repentance, confession and prayer. You need to be restored. You need to become a child of God. Do not wait as we stand as we sing the song of imitation.